Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I really appreciate those songs that Justice led. It reminded me of being at camp. If you've never been around a hundred young people singing those types of camp songs, then you have not experienced some fantastic singing. They are, it's, it's moving, and it's the thing that I look forward to the most every year in camp is to hear these kids sing. And so those songs are most of the ones that we sing and I appreciate that. So David told us this morning how to build spiritual families, what to do in our physical families to be more spiritual. I'm going to turn that around just a little bit. And I want us to think about the importance of our spiritual family having physical presence together. How many of you have ever attended a high school or college reunion? Ever? Some have never had the privilege or never chose. I don't know. Okay. Now you think about this. In high school, I had these friends, and we were close, did a lot of things together. We've had three reunions since those years, and we would talk, but it was just not the same. It's just different. Man, at Freed Hardman, we were really tight. A lot of close friends, and I've kept up with a lot of them. But even we are together now, it's just a little different, right? Now, the relationship is still the same. We were all classmates. That hasn't changed. One thing certainly has changed. Immediate presence. Physical presence. For a few minutes, think with me about the importance of prioritizing our face-to-face time as the family of God. Let's talk for just a minute about the concept of getting together. Reunions are wonderful things, or can be. Someone asked me, uh, so you went on vacation this past week. I sort of hesitated. When you go on vacation with seven grandkids, it's a little more like daycare. But it was a reunion. I mean, sure, we talk to them all year long. You get text and email, and you can even do video call or over the phone, but it's just not the same as arranging a time to get together, is it? There's just, you have to get together, and that's a reunion. Well, I love stats. I find some every now and then. I have some unofficial stats for you. You ready for this? Unofficial stats from our latest family reunion, the vacation this past week. 1,713 times I heard, hey, Pops. 
621 times I heard, will you stay with me? Hungry. I heard that 310 times. About 100 of them were When can we go swimming? 115 times. This from Austin and Aubrey, of course, they had to travel the distance. They had the six hours, eight hours travel time. Are we there yet? 75 times. Oh, and by the way, I love you. I lost count on that one. Physical presence, right? You can't get it. You can't replace it. Oh, I'm really glad that we have our online platform. And I hope we continue it. I'm glad that we have some online Bible studies that are taking place. And I hope they don't stop. But I hope we never try to find a way to replace being together physically. Just a minute. Why do you go to a family reunion? Why do people go? I'm going to give you four words tonight. If this microphone is cutting out, I'm sorry. Is it? Is it? it is. I don't know what it is. I've tightened everything. I've moved everything. I've turned it all on. If it cuts out, I'm sorry. Why do we go to family reunions? Let me give you four words. You just hold on to these four words all night, and this is what we're going to talk about. Number one. Some people go to family reunions because they have an obligation to do so. That's my family. I got to go. Well, I birthed those kids. I guess I better go spend time with them. I don't want to go to those crazy cousins and all those other people that I don't really know, but they are family. Have you ever heard that before? You ever thought that before? But you go because you're obligated. Hmm. What does that do to that reunion? <laughs> okay. Here's another word. Reputation. I'm going to go because if I don't, they're going to look at me as a bad person. I don't want to look bad. I don't want everybody to wonder and say, why aren't you here? What's going on? I want to go because of that. How about expectation? I'm going to go to this family reunion because I'm going to expect, you know, I have this really rich uncle. And one day he's going to die and I want to make sure I'm in the will. I want to have these people know that, that I'm there. Don't forget about me. So I have my expectations, so I'm going to go to this family reunion. That's not like you're going to stand up at the reunion and say that. But maybe there are people that have it in their heads. Let me give you one more word. Information. Some people might go to a family reunion simply to find out the new stories that they haven't heard yet from the families. 
Now, that's probably less likely to happen now because, quite frankly, because of Facebook, you're going to find out more there than you would ever find out in person anyway because that's how people deal with it. I don't have to face you. I could just lay the story out there. But the idea of saying, I'm going to go to this family reunion just so I can hear some stories, just so I can gather some information. Now, I don't know how many people actually go to reunions for those reasons, but I have heard all of them. Let's take those same four things and talk about reunion times with our spiritual family. Now, I'm not talking about Sunday only. I'm not talking about simply coming to worship at the scheduled times. I'm talking about the concept of physical presence and everything that it includes all that we could talk about as it pertains to presence face-to-face -face with each other. Let's think about those same four words. One, there is an obligation for us to have reunions, to be physically present with each other. All we've got to do is look at Hebrews 10 and 25. Do not forsake assembling yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. So I guess we're going to change my... Testing. Okay. Are we there? All right. Okay. We do have an obligation to be together. It is not possible. It is not possible for someone to decide, okay, I'm going to continue spending my time at home away from God's family for the next 30 years. It, it, you just can't do that. And, and even if we were needing to do that, we don't continue to need to do that over some period of time. I don't know what the period of time that is. But I'm talking about the concept of being together. Here's the problem. If I haven't obligation-only mentality to be with my brethren, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to find the minimum. What do I have to do to honor that passage? 
How many times do I need to be with my brethren to honor that passage? How often do I need to see my brethren in order for God to say, okay, you made it? We don't need to be looking for the minimum. We should not have on our priority list, how am I going to do the least possible? Would we do that with our physical families? Let's have a group chat. Okay, guys, all the kids and grandkids. How many times do I have to come see you for you to be happy? Just tell me. You want me to come twice a year? I'll do it. But don't ask me anymore because that's the minimum. What if they call you? Mom, Dad, we're busy. In order for you to be okay with us, how many times do we have to come see you? We wouldn't even think of doing that, would we? Why might we do that in a spiritual family? Obligation tells me to look for the minimum. Number two, reputation is important. It is important to maintain a good reputation as a Christian. No doubt about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul was talking about sending Titus on this picking up money to go to the Judean people who were in trouble in the famine. And and in verse number 18, he said, and I'm going to send along with him the brother whose reputation is great in the churches. It's important to have a good reputation. John, in his letter, commended a guy named Demetrius, verse 12, 3 John, because he has a good reputation from the brethren and from truth. And when Paul wrote the Romans in chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, Your faith is spread throughout the whole world. Maintaining your reputation and therefore saying, Okay, I'm going to be with my church family just so I have a good reputation. That can be good and it is necessary. But guess what? If I have the reputation only mentality, then I'm going to start honoring myself. Look what I did. Look how I look. People think well of me. I've done so well. How about expectation? Now, when you go to any opportunity of being with Christian friends, you have expectations of what's going to happen when you are there. Some people have less than spiritual expectations. Some people get with brethren because they want to make sure that they can feel good. You know, I'm sort of down, and I just want them to help me feel better. So I'm going to go and be with them. Nothing wrong with feeling good about being around Christian brethren. 
But is it a little bit selfish to say, I'm only going so I will feel better? Maybe you expect to go and be with Christian people just so your guilt will go away. I don't want to feel guilty for missing it, and therefore I'm going to go. Well, there are times when guilt should kick in, and that's a good thing. But guilt shouldn't be what drives us to be with our brethren. I don't think that's what God is looking for. So there are expectations. Even Paul expected. He wanted to be with his brethren. But he had really great spiritual reasons for doing so. He told the Romans in chapter 1, I want to see you because I want to give you a spiritual gift. As an apostle, he had the opportunity to lay hands on them so they could receive in a miraculous way the working of the Spirit. And so that's a great spiritual reason to impart a gift. I should expect to be with my brethren to impart a gift to them whatever it might be, from me and they to me. And that's a great spiritual reason. To the Corinthians, Paul wrote that he wanted to be with them so that he would get consolation from them. There was something going on that he would be able to be consoled. I have a suspicion it had to do with that guy who was in that illicit relationship that he wrote about in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And then he talks to them later how that they were godly sorrowful for what they had done by accepting him instead of disciplining him. And he wanted to be with them to console each other. That's a great reason. I expect when I'm together with you and you with me that we can console each other when needed. With the Philippians in chapter 4, Paul said, you are my longed-for brethren, verse 1. And in verses 15 and 16, we find out it's because they had an evangelistic teamwork. The Philippians were sending money to Paul to do his mission work. And he wanted to be with them because they were involved with him in this teamwork. When we get together as brethren... We're together as a team. We're working together as a team. Oh, by the way, I know it's not fully spiritual, but our softball team were the champions Friday night. Teamwork. And even that had a spiritual context because we're brethren. And that whole concept of being together. Paul wanted to go see Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, because I want to help you understand how to conduct yourself properly in the house of God. And he told him then in 2 Timothy, I want to come see you because you give me great joy. The expectation of coming together is a good thing. 
unless the expectation is only selfish, then it can become bad. But our fourth word is information. Getting together with our brethren to learn about each other is a good thing. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Carol, the outline says chapter 1, but it's actually chapter 2. Verse 19. Paul said, I want you to, I want to know or to learn your state of affairs. Paul wanted information from the Philippians to learn about them. I should want to learn about you. You should want to learn about me. And information is a good reason for being together. Here's the point. We are a spiritual family. Did you notice the text that was read twice? He used the word together. The first time you are fitted together. That word means with a purpose. You have connections like joints. It is not together. If your body is over here and your arm is over there, you're not together. You're not together if your arm is still connected to your body while it's over there, but the ligaments have been stretched and strained so far. You're still not together. That's what he's talking about. You've been fitted to get we are a family fitted together. Number two, he said, you are built up together. Now he's talking about the structure. He's talking about the existence of something real. And this is what God intends for us. That's why he used the word together. Now I understand. That these words are important. Obligation, reputation, expectation, and information. But there's only one real reason to put all of them together. Look at John 17. The real reason for putting all of these together is relationship. Why do you plan time to be with your family who are not present in this place where you live? Because you have a relationship. And number two, you want to maintain that relationship. You want to strengthen that relationship. You don't want it to fade away. Now, by natural means, if you don't live in the same place and see each other all of the time, it's going to fade over time a little bit. Can't deny it. That's why we plan reunion times so that we can continue to work on the relationship. 
We need to have as much time as we can with our brethren. Because we have a relationship. Through Jesus Christ, we are brothers and sisters. But number two, we need to develop that relationship. It isn't just about the concept. It's about the living. And then we need to maintain that relationship. Here's how Jesus put it. And he said, you need to be together to build relationship. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. We need to be together because we are one. But just being in concept one isn't enough. To be one fully and completely, we need to be present with each other. We are one with brethren all over this world. But we are not completely one in the concept of being together because we can't be. Which is why we as a congregation exist to be together. And in that creation of a oneness, we have to have physical presence. Even James said that pure religion is about visiting and helping widows and orphans. You become one with people when you are working with them in difficult situations. Physical presence, number two, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 23, I and them, you and me, they may be perfect in one that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you loved me. We need to develop more and more a oneness and a togetherness because it is through that image that the world says, ah, so that's who Jesus is. But if we don't get and stay together as much as possible, the world will less likely see who Jesus is because he's seen through what we do and what we are. Number three, the glory you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I believe David said this morning in a good family, spiritually oriented we find a taste of heaven. That could also be said of the church. Had you thought about, I have not, had you thought about this? The more that we are together, 
developing and maintaining this oneness, the more we have access to the glory that God wants to give us. I hadn't considered that. Now, what is that glory? I don't know. I haven't worked on that one yet. But it has something to do with being who God wants us to be. And I am more like God wants me to be when I am with my brethren than I am with by myself. There is more of God's glory available to us by being together. And we should want to do that. And finally, look at verse 24. Father, I desire they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. We need to be together because we are going to be together forever. And the more we spend time with each other, the more we are reminded that there is a heavenly home for all of us to go to. In Lauren's and Caleb's wedding last week, in the rehearsal time, someone was talking, just doing the speeches they do, and one of the statements they made was, you know you have a friend for life when you have this friend with you. I'm talking about getting married and you're marrying your friend and you're going to be together. And I use that the next day and put it this way. You know you have a friend for life when you will have that friend in eternal life. And when we're together and we talk about spiritual things, it's a foretaste of heaven. And so we should want to be present with each other. So what's the point? The point is, it is not possible for every individual to be together, every single person who is a member of this church, we cannot physically be possible at every single thing that we possibly could do as a church. I get that. But I've always said, I think a church operates best when we have enough opportunities to be together, so many opportunities to be together, that everybody can find one or two or three or four to be at. If we only offer one or two times, well, that's not a lot. Number two, there might be people who can't get there. But if we have 15 or 20 or 30 different things going on an entire year, everybody has a chance to find those times that they can be here. And it runs the range from Bible classes, public worship, service projects, 
but it also deals with times like our time playing softball or maybe getting together and going hiking as some of our groups have done. And every one of those is an opportunity for us spiritually to be together physically. Let us therefore not try to replace physical presence. Make it a priority to say, as often as I can, I want to find a time to be with my brethren. If we would simply have the same mentality toward this family that we do toward our physical families, it might just change us a little bit. All I hope today has been helpful in this two-pronged approach of making physical families more spiritual and helping spiritual family be more physically present. We've had great news recently of these young men who've obeyed the gospel. Maybe you want to do the same tonight. Or maybe you just want to reconnect with this family. We always want to be available. Our shepherds will be here as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.